in a world where fans are forever restless, the rules are ever-changing, and you have to be told just how much your favorite team blows to rise above the rest. Welcome to the Couch Coaches with your hosts, Lacey Kay and Drew Hale. Like, it's just, I mean, the way this offseason has started, you know, it's pretty, it's, 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 it's slower than I thought it would be, the injuries, but they are coming, and I think it's going to pick up. Guys, welcome to the next episode of The Couch Coach, it's a little bit more serious tone there, but, you know, that's the way we're starting off this episode, but before we get into it, how are you tonight, Drew? Uh, you know what, as always, I am splendid, super awesome, fantastic, living the dream, uh, you know, insert any other, you know. Emoticon. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Starry-eyed like the episode last time. <laughs> like, Starry-eyed, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. But no, I mean, I mean, we have a jam-packed episode as always tonight for you, especially now the training camp is underway, and this is only going to get more jam-packed and harder to, you know, fill in stuff when we do these episodes. We have to be doing more episodes, um, but we got another big episode for you tonight. Um, starting off tonight's episode is... You heard the ambulance going by, and that's because two decent, pretty decent injuries have happened over the past couple of days, and that's one... Jake Ryan, your boy from the Packers, he's yeah. done for the season. What happened there? Yeah, out with an ACL from training camp. Uh, <clears throat> you know, that's uh, that that's pretty devastating loss for us. We were expecting a lot out of Jake Ryan this year, and uh, you know, obviously with him getting out of the you know out for the season so early with that ACL. Kentrell Bryce was also a uh, another injury that we had that we're kind of scared. Um, similar leg injury, uh, what, it, what it looked like initially, but scans were good, so he'll be back. But uh, Jake Ryan being out is going to be a huge blow. We don't really have a lot of depth. Uh, we don't have a lot of veteran depth, at least, at that position. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, obviously, a new GM in place that's been a little more aggressive in free agency than Ted Thompson has been historically. Uh, certainly some linebackers out there to be able to pick from. Uh, not a, a phenomenal pick of the litter, necessarily, but... Um, but be interested to see what happens there. Who's your linebacker outside of Clay Matthews? That's another good one. Oh man, uh, well Blake Martinez Blake is our best, line, I can't is our stand best linebacker. I can't stand him right now. Yeah, he pisses me off in Madden all the time. Oh, okay, like, good, so, good. Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah good. fuck him. Um, but I mean, that one might affect you more personally. But the bigger injury, in my opinion, is Jason Verrett being done for mm-hmm. the year in LA. I would um, agree. He's going to be one of your. He was one of your starting corners on a defense that was getting better. A team that I personally had winning the division as of right now this season. So there's a lot of talent on that team, and now he's done for the season. Not to say they still don't have talent, but it is something now you have to worry about going into the season. Do they sign someone? Do they feel like they have someone else on that roster? Yeah. But Brett's a good player. Now he's done for the year. You know, I think they've got enough. Enough. Uh, maybe not. I shouldn't say enough depth there in that position because there's really not a lot of teams that are blessed to have a ton of corner depth right but uh you know we'll see what happens i uh you know i I don't really see them going out and signing anybody i don't really think there's many people left uh you know that may be worth signing so uh we'll see what they do you're right there's not too many teams that have (coughs) two solid if not better starting corners alone depth that position but you know who does the other la team that's true the rams so i mean it's funny that in your in-town rival is now not having a problem that you are. Um, going into some other news, um, we're going to start on some of the... Before we start into the big ones, I know you want to talk about this a little bit. It was breaking news today. Um, Urban Meyer. Oh. You know, leave of absence at uh, Ohio State, they decided, um, because of the whole scandal with his assistant coach that he used to have under him. Um, there was allegations that he was beating his wife. And the uh, allegations now is that Urban Meyer knew about it and didn't do anything about it and was covering it up. Um, so as of right now, he's a leave, uh, leave of absence at Ohio State. Um, the thing I found interesting, though, is apparently, according to his wife, was that uh, he had said at one point, you know, if anyone ever finds out about this, talking to about like the Ohio State administration organization, he'll bury them. And that makes me wonder, is there other stuff going on that if this came out from Ohio State that he was going to relinquish other stuff going on behind the scenes there? Um, Urban Meyer is argue, arguably a top two coach 
definitely top five in my opinion and for this to happen and for him to let it happen it doesn't sit right with me what do you think about the whole thing yeah you know <clears throat> i think uh we talked a little bit before the episode but i think outside of outside of nick saban uh i don't think there's another second name that comes to mind not named urban meyer right i mean uh from what urban meyer has been able to do at ohio state has been incredible um part of that was obviously with um you know zach smith you know who uh uh, you know, was his assistant coach there that, that kind of has part of the scandal going on. And uh, his wife, Courtney Smith, came out and, like you said, supposedly told um, Meyer herself, uh, you know, about some of this stuff going on. And, I mean, just so, so insane. I, I don't even know what to say, you know, especially with it being, um, you know, with with it with the season coming in, right now you've got you've got Ryan Day who's going to serve as the head coach for the Buckeyes uh, interim, right? And I, I just I don't know, man. I don't know. I, you know, it makes me think. It makes me think of the of the the Joe Paterno situation, right? I was Here just in thinking State. the same thing. Yeah. You know, it brings me back to that, and it brings me back to that moment where, you know, I think no matter what happens here, it's going to be very challenging for Urban Meyer to keep his job. Uh, you know, I, I really, really do. I mean, you want to say it's a, you, the problem is you're guilty until proven innocent, you know, in the league. So <clears throat> I just don't know how you prove the guy innocent. I don't know that how you prove that he didn't know anything. And I think that Ohio State, it, it's going to be interesting what they do. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, we saw the fall of Joe Paterno under a, a similar circumstance. Not, not quite as similar. I mean, Paterno's was far more serious to some degree because it was happening on the team physically there in the chat you know what i mean like yeah. it was more it was closer to him let me put it that way maybe not more serious it was just closer to him these allegations are a little further away from urban meyer so that's the advantage that he has um but i remember when the uh paternal situation went down and you had we had they had the uh the relinquium or the ceremony you know for joe paterno yeah, did and, he know did uh, he know right. like and you remember uh, uh phil knight uh founder of uh founder of nike uh got up and had an epic speech uh, at state college and he ended it with uh you know basically saying i think his quote was um you know I, i'll tell you that there is something going on uh at penn state university uh right now but none of it uh involves dishonesty from joe paterno uh, or involved dishonesty from Joe Paterno, and that's when he literally just walked away from the stage after saying that. I mean, standing ovation. I mean, it was it was certainly bookmarked as probably the famous, most famous speech to ever go down at the altar um, there at State College uh, with with Phil Knight. So um, it'll be interesting to see again because we're so close to that situation, right? And we're so close to that situation. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if they can pan out the situation any differently than Urban Meyer. I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or saying like their jobs are easy or anything like that, but I mean, you're talking about an assistant coach. You know what I mean? What if, I think he was a wide receiver coach. If Urban Meyer knew, which it seems like he did, and he found out, it's not hard to come across a different coach. Right. You know what I mean? So you let the guy go. He didn't. So... I, it, again, doubles back to, is there other dirt this guy has on the organization or on Urban Meyer, and that's why Urban Meyer let it go, and, you know, he had threatened before, if, you know, this ever comes out from you guys, you know, I'll bury you. So, I'm, I'm expecting the next couple days a lot of news about this to come out, and different things we haven't heard. Um, what I find funny is that I was always a fan of Jim Trestle at Ohio State, mm -hmm. uh, before Urban Meyer was there, and when he was sacked... Just because players under his watch were trading, you know, uh, memorabilia and stuff like that sure, for yeah. free tattoos, okay? And then Urban Meyer has this going on underneath his watch, apparently, and doesn't do anything about it. Uh, I mean, back at the time, I would argue Jim Trestle was just as good a coach as Urban Meyer back then. Um, so I, wonder, I really want to see what Ohio State does with all this. It is in no way better or worse than... The Penn State case with Joe Pa and stuff like that sure. a couple years ago. Um, different, different thing that happened, but just as bad. Um, the thing is, you know, these these organizations, these schools, you know, this alumni, um, especially the big name programs that these kids look for and grow up and you know are being recruited by, and you know their parents followed and watched and were a part of. Sure, um, they're the ones that have to set a precedent. Um, just like if you're talking about any famous people, yes, anyone and everyone should set a precedent when they can. Um, but the more eyes on you, the more responsibility you're supposed to take. 
um, and Jim Trestle fucked up there, and hopefully Ohio State as a university will make it right. Um, what that will be, I don't know, but like I said, we'll find out over the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's, again, even if he knew. Yeah. Um, you know. So moving on from that a little bit, uh, <clears throat> we're, I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about um, the fact that Stephon Diggs recently got yeah. paid. Um, Five-year extension, 72 mil, 40 guaranteed. Um, very Such good receiver, garbage. Very good receiver. Um, I mean, he's obviously one of the top two receivers there. He is a very good receiver in the league in general. Um, I don't know where that puts him on like the list for what receivers or receivers in the league right now are getting paid annually, but um, it does seem at least a little pricey. Not that I have anything against Stephon Diggs. Out of control. I get that they're keeping their core together <coughs> with all their main, a lot of their main players, but um, and no offense, and I don't mean this for anyone, is Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen, in my opinion, as of right now, even with last year how they played, um, they're just high-end number two receivers, yes, in my opinion. at best. So, I mean, yeah, if they went to a lower market team or someone that didn't really have anyone, yes, they would be the number one, and they're good receivers, but, like, if you put them on with, like, I, like I don't, I don't even know who you want to say. Like, obviously, Patriots, he's going to be number one, but now, you like, if you get them in Cleveland... He's going to be... The third best receiver. Yeah, arguably. Yeah, so... No, not arguably. He's fucking the third best receiver. Well, you know, it's one thing when Josh Gordon's there. You know what I mean? Sure. He's concerned... Well, when he's there and he's talented, yes. But that's if he's there. And we don't know what's going on with him now because of the whole NFI thing. But, yes, I... And I know you obviously feel very strongly about it. What do you think about the whole... Nah, it's fucking trash, dude. It's such garbage. It's a, I mean, listen, I, I get this. Is it because it's Minnesota? No. <clears throat> no, I get what they're doing as a franchise, right? Now you have, through, like, 2022, right? You've got Kirk Cousins... You've got Dalvin Cook, you've got Stefan Diggs, and now you've got Adam Thielen. Okay, you've got all of them signed through like 2020, 2021, something like that, right? You've got all of them locked in for three or four years. So I get it. You want to keep that group together. You want to build on it, and that's fantastic and everything. But Stefan Diggs has never had a 1,000-yard season, ever. Never recorded 1,000-yard season. He's never had 100 catches. Like, I mean, he's what still a young you? receiver. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't care. Dude, you get that kind of money, you better put up some yards. And listen, again, I'd argue that he's the second best receiver on his own team. I'd argue that Adam Thielen is a better receiver than Stefan Diggs, frankly. And, you know, I just I just don't, I don't know. I think you way overpaid, way overpaid for Stefan Diggs. I mean, way overpaid. I don't have a problem with you saying it, but, like, <clears throat> I could make, you know, cases in the other way. Like, he's still young, okay? Up until... What was Brandon Cook's money? Do you know? And it cooks off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, it was a four or five year extension. It was more than 72 mil, but it wasn't, I don't think it was too much more. I'd have to double check. I, I think it would average out to be less. I think his annual salary would be less if I had to guess. I'll double check that in a couple minutes once I get the chance. But, but I mean, still, I mean, but again, if we're talking, it's even close. Brandon Cooks and Stefan Diggs, while similar in age, Nowhere close yeah, to the receiver. Up until last year, who do you have thrown in the ball? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he had Case Sam Keenum, Bradford. which I'm not. All right, Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, okay, I'm I'm not arguing. It's not like I'm arguing. You know, the Colts who they had when Andrew Luck listen, wasn't there. Sa- or... Again, listen, Sam Bradford. In in my opinion, not I don't. I think you can look it up statistically. When Sam Bradford is healthy, which is obviously the problem that he's not. Our, our same Sean Lee conversation. When Sean Lee is healthy, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. Okay, he just can't stay healthy. He's never completed this, this season. When Sam Bradford's healthy, the guy's proven that he could be a top 10 quarterback in the league Disagree easily entirely. when no, he's healthy. absolutely not. <clears throat> Listen, I'm, I, I am agreeing to the fact with you that when he's healthy, he has a solid quarterback, okay? He's smart. He's very accurate. You know, he can make a lot of the throws. He's, he, can, he can lead your team and not fuck up. Yeah, okay? he won't lose you football games. And, and that's when he's not hurt. Like you said, in that case, I agree. He's like Sean Lee, absolutely. But the fact that you're not about Sean Lee, who could be a top 10, top 5 in the conversation for one of the best linebackers in the game when he's not hurt. Sure. Yeah, so obviously Sam Bradford's not in that same conversation. In the talent level. Right. That's of all course. I was getting at, yeah. Um, but for, as far as a quarterback is concerned, he's good. He's good. He's real yeah. good. He's more than serviceable. You know what Absolutely. I mean? um, but, yeah, okay. You can argue he's more than T.O. had for half of his season, for half of his NFL career. T.O. Yeah, Terrell Owens. Who had Steve Young, Tony Romo, uh, Donovan McNabb. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd argue that that Sam Bradford uh, has accomplished uh, 
Maybe not as iconic. I'm staring at you so okay. hard right so now. So I'd argue, that, I'd argue that Sam Bradford is uh, probably more talented when he's than healthy than Donovan McNabb. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, for some reason, I feel like I'm going to get shit for that Nick Foles comment. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just I, said that Sam was, Bradford's more talented than Donovan McNabb. Sam Bradford so. was in Philly. You were talking McNabb. And people brag about Nick Foles already. Yeah, like, listen, man. I, um, I like Bradford. But any rate... The deal's garbage. Okay. Um, continuing <clears throat> on, you know, who else is kind of close to a deal? Well, not close, but we'll say getting closer after there was no talks is your boy Rodgers in the pack. That's true. I've heard significant uh, progress, measurable progress has been made towards a deal. So we'll see. James Jones, my boy, is going to James be uh, uh, is going to be breaking. Ironically enough, actually, James Jones just came out today and said that... Uh, Aaron Rodgers is scrubbed. No, no, oh, okay. I don't know that anybody in the right mind. I, I probably that. heard it wrong. Yeah, yeah. He said that uh, in his opinion, if you're asking for the greatest wide receiver of all time, Randy Moss, not Jerry Rice. I'm okay with that. I'm totally. Yeah, okay I'm not that. wildly mad about it. I mean, you were making the case before that Jerry Rice is hands down the greatest. Absolutely, I, I do. I do believe that. Didn't agree with that. I don't have a problem with you saying Jerry Rice is the best, but saying hands down, like I don't agree. Um, I don't know. You, I, some people think that's biased. again. He was spoiled. I get it, but whatever. Spoiled and cheated. Like, what? Listen, whatever. <laughs> all right, Fuck, but stick them. Con- continuing from that, all right. They're closer to deal. Someone who's not close to a deal at all, and it makes no sense. Oh to me, wow! I think I know where you're going. The Raiders and Khalil Mack Ugh. apparently have barely talked. John Gruden hasn't Gruden talked to Khalil has, Mack at all. Gruden's come out and said they've talked once. Oh, okay. okay. Since when he was hey, first hired. Hey, me and my best defensive player, we talked one time. I said, Arguably I will walk your best player. I, I, best defensive player. Arguably best your best player, player on your yes. team, period. Right. I would agree. So, yeah, we talked once walking through the hallway. He was at the water fountain. I asked if I was next. <laughs> like, I, get the hell out of here, I John so Murray. wish that's exactly what happened. It probably or, is. Or if he went up to Cleo Mack and he's like, yeah, when you're done with that, clean it. Like, yeah, Because right, he's right. like, oh, who are you? Right. Like, yeah. What do you do coach, again? You sack people? I don't know what the fuck that is. He hasn't coached in, what, 15 years? John Gruden? <laughs> and there's that, that's oh, like the Jesus. biggest storyline of how he's going to connect with these new players. And then you get his best defensive player, like you said, arguably his best player on the team. And they've talked once. Well, obviously the best player on his team is Jordy Nelson. But that's Shut fine. up. <laughs> Barely talked at all. You know, not any close, no talks on getting this deal done. And Matt doesn't seem to be backing down from holding out. Um, I just, I don't think it's, how do you let that happen as an organization? I got that John Gruden comes in, been, hasn't coached for a long time, trying to relate, trying to build a team, trying to coach these, trying to change the atmosphere. They're going to be moving in a year or two. You know what I mean? All this shit is think? going on. But to ignore... Even if he isn't the best player on the team, a top two player on the team. Yeah. Okay. To not talk with him, not holding out. I don't know if he's trying to be a hard ass and be like, listen, you know, you don't come to play. That's on you. You're going to end up coming back to me. I don't know if that's what he's trying to prove, but that's kind of what it seems like at the moment. You know, I don't think that, um, let me ask you this. Do you think, do you think Khalil Mack holds out any regular season games? Yes. Okay. Do you think if he does and they can win... Or better yet, if they can just hold their own on defense, right? Do you think that they trade Khalil Mack? No. I mean, I I think it would be dumb. It's hard for me to even imagine, okay? But I don't know what John Gruden's going to do. You know what I mean? I mean, what do you got left to do? Since I've been following football hardcore, not just as a casual fan when I was way younger... um, you know, I've only caught the end of John Gruden, Gruden's coaching career, you know, and even back then I wasn't overanalyzing it and looking deep into it and hard facts into it to really know what his coaching style is and, you know, how he treats players and how he runs the team and stuff like that. Other than just being a hard-ass, hard-nosed coach, you know, who has some great Grudenisms, okay? But um, I, want to see, I, I don't see how that's possible. I think the lynching point really, and since you were kind of bringing it up, is how they start the season. I think Mac holds out. He continues to hold out into the regular season, unless of course the deal is done. And if the team's losing, Mac holds all the fucking cards because he's a top two player on your team, one of the best defensive players in the league, and your team's doing shit. Okay, pay the guy. If the team does better than expected and is winning, you know I still don't see them being great on defense. But if they're like you said, at least serviceable or okay, and they're winning, then it's not that I don't think. The Raiders hold all the cards, but now you can argue that maybe Matt Caves comes back to be part of that team 
and stuff like that and play the rest of the season, you know, where even if he doesn't have a contract, if they're doing better than expected without him. I mean, I think he gets flamed like crazy if he does that, but that's fine. Oh, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, he I mean, has I would. the I'd reason to hold out, but I can understand people giving him shit like, oh, now that we're, you know, the Raiders are doing better and, you know, we're actually winning is, you know, and now you're going to come back and play just because we're winning. It doesn't shine a good look, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, but no, I'm just surprised about the whole thing. A couple small things before we get into this week's Rushmore's, um, is that I want to touch on just to get your opinion is I found it really interesting. I didn't hear about it. I was doing, I was just looking stuff up earlier and I seen that Dawkins came out in an interview and said during his rookie season, you know, he struggled with suicide, uh, like depression was suicidal kind of coped with drinking and stuff like that. And, you know, for the majority of his career, really being into football and not seeing him like that kind of surprised me. But, you know, it was a a nice insight to a player that a lot of people looked up to, especially around this area, that that people were really enamored with and, you know, modeled their game after. um, And to come out about his early struggles and how he was coping and kind of maybe use that as a tool for other players who come into the league or looked up to him (laughs) and maybe hold that in the same regard. You know, I think that I think the best part about his story when he came out and and, and uh, it was publicized and started talking about it was the fact that he said what stopped him <clears throat> was having his wife there, and his wife really kind of kept him straight, and and his wife sort of was his backbone, and that's who he could come to and talk about it, and he felt like that was his talking out of it point, right? What was was her and what she's been able to say to him and provide to him and the stability they've been able to provide, uh, or she's been able to provide to their family. So I think what that message sends to so many people with similar thoughts and similar beliefs and and kind of feeling like where they're at is, you know, there's somebody there, right? <clears throat> I think that that's the that's the biggest thing that hit ho- hits home to me in the in the whole Dawkins thing was, um, you know, there's somebody there for you, right? There's somebody you could talk to. It's not worth it, uh, you know. If you're having those thoughts, uh, they're wildly selfish in my opinion. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to look to somebody else. And, uh, I think that that's probably the best part of his story is that he didn't do it, um, because he found he had a support system in his wife and, uh, you know, he was able to, uh, to re she was able to reel him back in. So, yeah, I mean, as much as a lot of people don't like to, whether it's in themselves or other ones, they might know, you know, recognize uh, like depression or anxiety or stuff like that as mental illnesses and like stuff that is real needs help with. We're going to put out a number just because we care about anyone who's listening to the show, our viewers, you know, any uh, fans, even with players. No one's immune from, you know, depression, anxiety. Some have it worse than others, and it's all handled in different ways. So we want to put the number out there. It's 1-800-273-8255, 24 hours a day. It's a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and we want you to know that there's always someone out there for you to talk to. People care. We care here. You know, we're always reaching out to fans, and fans are reaching out to us. And even if it's not about football, if you need someone to talk to, call us here. Um, reach out to us on our Facebook page or whatever. Um, but with that behind us, moving on. Call, call her. Don't call me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yo, you can call me. I have no problem talking. Um, but two just really small stories. Not really stories. It's been going on for a couple of days now, maybe a week. I kind of wanted to talk to you about because I wanted to get your... We haven't talked about it, and I'm curious where you stand on some of the things. What do you think about Antonio Brown trying to recruit Dez to Pittsburgh? Uh, it's pointless, obviously. You think uh, it's pointless? Yeah, of course. That's just terrible. <laughs> no, that's awful. I mean, God, he, in that offense, he'd be the fourth weapon, <laughs> right? I guess. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, come on. I mean, if, if he's looking <clears throat> for, you know, that chance to play for a contender, Super Bowl, stuff like that, you know, Pittsburgh is a pretty good option. Whether Pittsburgh actually offers him, I don't know. But I found it curious but, that AB was like, yo, come play. Like, we'll eat yeah, together. I think, like, it's, I think it's funny, and I think the players just do that because they're players. But on an organizational level, I mean, I think it's awful. Number one, you've got enough fucking problems going on in Pittsburgh. You don't need to bring in another with Des Bryant, right? I mean, you've got the Le'Veon Bell holdout. You know, he's just fucking throwing dollar bills at strippers and shit. And, like, you <laughs> going know into our next story. Yeah. Going into strip clubs and shit. So, like, you got him doing that stuff. You got Big Ben threatening to retire annually. Like, you've got so much shit going on in your life. The only positive fucking dude you have is fucking Juju Smith Schuster. So, like, my boy Juju. So, seriously, like, you don't need Des Bryant in your locker room, number one. And number two, the dude didn't get, hasn't gotten doubled in, like, four seasons. So he brings nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, get out of here. You know, 
I was I didn't really think anything of this before, but since you brought up Juju, if there's any chance that Dez will go to Pittsburgh and fuck up what Juju has there, and I'm not saying he would because Juju's the man, but you know anyway, fuck up his career. I don't even want to. I don't want you sniffing around Juju or anything. So you yeah, know, right. yeah, Dez, stay away from Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, um, but going into the last last little bit, you touched on it a little bit. Speaking of touching on it. Apparently <laughs> Bell. Speaking of people well, touching on shit. <laughs> apparently, while Bell has been holding out, holding out from camp, um, fans he kind of got backlash from fans and other people because he was seen at a strip club. Yep. I mean, that's good old Le'Veon Bell for you. I mean, I'm not saying it's a Le'Veon Bell thing. I mean, come on. I, I guess. Mean, I guess. Dude, dude is one of the best players in the game. He has money, you know, and he's holding out. And he wants to throw he it at strippers' butts. And I mean, whether you're Le'Veon Bell or the backup punter. For, you know, the Indianapolis Colts, okay? If you're lonely or you just want to have a good time, you're probably going to go to a strip club, throw some cash, that's a mass. I mean, huh. Huh. I mean, Listen, Le'Veon, I'll tell you right now, if you ever want to go to a strip club with somebody and you know, you're feeling the need, hit me up. Uh, you know, I'll be more than happy to uh, to swing swing around with you. Simply just to supervise to make sure you don't get out of control. It has nothing to do with you having lots yeah, of I'm money. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly uh, where you're going. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, listen, if you want somebody to come and just watch you throw dollar bills at strippers and just make sure you don't get out of the line, I mean, I'll help you out. Quick question. Would you be like, yo, he's paying for both of us? Or would you just, as he's like throwing money at them, you're like on the stage trying to scoop a couple bucks up? Like, No, no. I'd just be like, yeah, he's my boy. We go way back. Hopefully you get him for an episode then. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. That's It would obviously just be a strategic ploy to get him on the episode. Okay, I was going to say, you're going to do an Strippers episode live gross. from whatever strip club you're at. That'd be fucking epic. <laughs> All you hear is like... You know what I mean? That's just Le'Veon smacking the stripper's ass. You Here know comes Layla with the midnight dance. With like, the midnight dance. <laughs> um, but no, all right. So that was some of the news. That was uh, something we to Le'Veon talk ain't. Bit. Yeah, Le'Veon ain't. Like good old Le'Veon. Um, so we have. He ain't dodging those thing. tackles. <laughs> wow. You, you know, you were too much into that story. Yeah. I feel like after we're done this episode <clears throat> recording, you're going to go to a strip club. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To find Le'Veon Bell. And you're going to call yourself Le'Veon Bell and be like, yo, I'm Le'Veon Bell. I look just like him. So I think that's perfect. <laughs> um, Same stature. It's great. We got Rushmore's this week, sir. Oh, yes, we do. Do you want to go first or should I? Rock, paper, scissors? Right. Winner goes first? Yeah, whatever. Rock, paper, scissors. God, I'm so good. I just can't oh, understand. All right, so I'm going to go first. I got two franchises. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you what they are until I get in. So I'm going to get into the, to one, and it's going to be the New Orleans Saints. Is that the bigger one or the less one you're like? Less one for me. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. So New Orleans Saints, uh, five to one. New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Saints. Not really an iconic franchise when you think about it as far as talent that's been through New Orleans. Uh, I mean, they haven't been blessed uh, with, with a whole hell of a lot. Um, I've got an honorable mention on here that I'm going to throw out only because uh, he's from uh, he's from Harrisburg, uh, and that's about 45 minutes from where we're recording right now, and that's Marquise Colston. Uh, argue, I don't even know if you can really argue, probably the best Ooh. wide receiver in the history of, uh, of New Orleans. So uh, I got gotcha. you. Got gotcha, you, Marquise Horn, Colston. baby. Get out of here. Pulling that Joe phone Horn. out of the fucking you know, goalpost padding. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Freaking Joe Horn. Not on my honorable mentions, though, but Marquise Colston is. So, my number five is super quick, and I'll hit it, and it's the fans. The fans. The fans wow. get number five. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because oh, after the city got devastated by a hurricane, the entire city gone. Basically, see you later, New Orleans, right? They got the bath they needed. I'm just see totally kidding. Totally kidding. That That's was effed up. Fuck. It's, uh, listen, there's two rules that I too have. Soon? No, too soon? No. No, no. There's two <laughs> rules that I have, years. okay? One is... It's not racist if it's true, okay? Wow. So that's the messed up rule. No one is listening in New Orleans right. now. So that's number one. That number two, number two is as long as it's funnier than it is mean, Hurtful. it's always acceptable. And uh, I feel like that was the case there. So at any rate, um, <clears throat> no, seriously. <laughs> You're fucked. Uh, but that's, so, that's your I'm mouth. so messed up. <laughs> All right, so no, but for real, the You're fans. You're crossing I mean, off the number of places you can they, go uh, in this country. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Slowly but surely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, the fans, I mean, obviously they stuck by that team because they haven't really been a winning team. You know what I'm saying? When you think about New Orleans, they've been through some of their most iconic players sucked. 
You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, you're you're, you're living through so much. They're such diehard fans. They they literally helped you rebuild your city. They stood back behind you 110%. I mean, you know, sold out stadiums after, you know, you got rebuilt and you started rocking and rolling. We're there for your for the support of the team. And that team really carried New New Orleans and then obviously Drew Brees taking them to that Super Bowl, falling hurt. I mean, literally it was just such a majestic story and the fans were just such a key role in that. So my number 5 is the fans. My number 4 some would argue he might be higher. I could argue he shouldn't even be on the list, but if I don't put him on the list, I have a Saints fan that I know that will totally roast the shit out of me, and that's Archie Manning. Um, <clears throat> so Archie Manning's number four. Archie Manning fucking sucks, okay? And that's why I don't even want him on the list, all right? People call him, like, Mr. New Orleans. Like, whoever the fuck says that, like, if you call Archie Manning Mr. New Orleans or, or the, the Saint or whatever the fuck I've heard people call Archie Manning, like, just find a new fucking team to watch, or call that hotline because you're going to fucking wow. need it because Archie Manning is trash. Wow. The dude is fucking garbage. You're okay? Dude, Archie, you know what Archie Manning's winning percentage was? 27%. He won 27% of the games that he played. Do you know who won more games than that probably? Brian Leftwich. Yo, okay. Byron Leftwich is the fucking man. All right, let me tell you about <laughs> don't, Byron Don't you Leftwich. bring him in. Let me tell this. you about Byron Leftwich. When he was in college and on the final game winning drive, oh, shattered his ankle. Okay, and his offensive lineman carried him down to yeah. down, and he led them to a, the game-winning yeah. drive. Dude, listen. Archie Manning ain't got nothing on Byron Leftwich. Yo, dude, listen, I'm with you. I, 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 I'm saying. So, uh, so is, Archie Manning's record. Is it record, possible to say if Byron Leftwich, which oh this is totally God, impossible, played for Christ. the Saints during that era, they would have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> they would have probably not been able to lose more games than they lost under Archie I'll Manning. That. I guess I'll so, that. Archie Manning's record with New Orleans, 35-91-3. Oh. <laughs> what a, what, right? Those are garbage numbers. And yet, they'll so somehow crazy. argue that he might be the best Manning. They, right. Well, that's what people used to argue Holy that he was the best fuck, Manning. so like, stupid. He, he threw 115 touchdowns to 156 interceptions. Like, get this guy off. You know what? Number four is the fans also. Fuck you, Archie Manning. <laughs> I don't even care. Um, number three. <laughs> number four is the city of New Orleans for dealing with Archie Manning <laughs> right. shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Number, I don't know if yeah. you're going to have that same friend no, after this. No, 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 no. So, number four is the people on the other end of that hotline that have had <laughs> that have received calls so based fun. on That's people wanting so to commit due to Archie Manning sucking so bad. That's so um, so, uh, so, so number three, uh, Ricky Jackson. Uh <clears throat> uh, probably the most infamous defensive player uh, to ever play in New Orleans. I mean, he has, he holds the franchise record. He's a light linebacker. Who'd you say, Darren Sharper? Darren Sharper. He's the most infamous, infamous toucher. Oh. He's the most inf- infamous sex offender uh, in New Orleans Saints wow. history, that's for sure. I, I don't know. Now that you started this whole thing, I feel like the rest of the episode is just fucked. Cause this uh, oh, yeah. Gonna be like oh, 100%. Time. 100%. Listen, I, I've made statements so far tonight, <laughs> such as... It's not racist if it's true. Referencing New Orleans yeah, Saints fan yeah, to the suicide cool. prevention we just lost hotline. Half our <laughs> anyway, number three, Ricky Williams. <laughs> Ricky Williams, no, Ricky Jackson. How Ricky Williams was there for yeah. I think a season or two, but Ricky Jackson, uh, linebacker, um, he's <laughs> uh, he's got the most tackles in franchise history, most sacks in franchise history, most forced fumbles in franchise history. I mean, the dude like leads the franchise in like every defensive stat ever. And here's the best part: when he played. There were like two or three years that they didn't even record sacks that he played. And he still has the most sacks in franchise history. So that's pretty incre- impre- uh, impressive. impressive. Um, number two. Uh, Reggie Bush. Sh- it's Reggie yeah. Bush. I mean, he has had he probably the hottest semi-wife of any player, maybe. Um, he's a good analyst on NFL Network. Yeah, he's better there. Right. He's better there than he was running <laughs> anyway, the ball in Detroit number or, two. or New Orleans. Number two, Sean Payton. <clears throat> Love it. Um, Love it. Uh, you know, Sean Payton uh, leads the Saints in career wins. Uh, he's got about a uh, 60% win rate as a head coach overall. Uh, and again, just again, when you think about Sean Payton, you think about the backbone of that team, which leaves my number one, Drew Brees. Mm, the obvious. Right? Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, 11-time Pro Bowler. Drew Brees, I think, is I – I have no idea that this is true. I'm just throwing it out there. Drew Brees is probably the only quarterback in the history of the NFL to win almost every single good dude award that you possibly can. The dude has, like, the Bryce Award for just fucking being a good dude. He won Walter Payton Man of the Year. He won Comeback Player of the Year. He won AP 
uh, Sports Athlete of the Year. Like, this dude has won, like, every notable award for just being a good human being that I think exists in football. He's won every fucking one of them. Not to mention, give this dude another season or two, and he probably holds 90% of the passing records that exist. You know, I heard... (laughs) That when he got to New Orleans and they just recently got over, uh, you know, during Katrina and stuff like that, um, that he used to swim in his free time to save people from Katrina. I like (laughs) probably he might have a gold medal. I don't really don't know. Seriously, this guy uh, for real though. I mean, if he doesn't, he should. Right. (laughs) He needs to somebody give this guy like what's that thing that the president like enshrines people with? Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. Yeah, he needs one of those. Um, and a purple heart and a purple heart fuck yeah he was probably injured in war or some shit honorably discharged but no yeah Drew Brees I mean you know I can't I don't know that I can think of a better example again of a human being that plays football than Drew Brees Uh, only because again the guys won every fucking human being award that you could possibly win in the NFL the only person I ever know to and I mean it's just insane but yeah certainly the number one New Orleans Saint of all time ever and uh, I think it'll be that way for quite some time so uh Honorable mention, Morton Anderson. All right. That's Interesting. Good. That was a, probably more of a fun list than I thought it would be. Probably hmm. just because of all the bad hmm. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm, I'm going to receive a lecture for all the fucked up shit that I've said <laughs> yeah, in probably. the first like thirty I ho- minutes. I hope you would. I mean, you're just you're. I don't know. Um. So starting off with mine, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a little bit fun since yours was fun. Um. My number five. Ooh, wait, I'm gonna who, do who Minnesota is? Vikings. Ooh, Minnesota. Oh fuck, Jesus. Number five. I'm gonna give Brett you Favre. some awards. Okay, and I want you to tell me who the player is. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ! So, this player, get the eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, Bart Star Award winner, three times led the NFL in receiving touchdowns. Hmm. Part of the '90s All-Decade team, and surprisingly, and I don't know if that makes me sound bad or not, also at one point won the Walter Man. Uh, Walter, Walter Payton, Payton, NFL Man of the Year. Award. Okay, Walter Payton Man of the Year led the league in receiving yards three times. Yeah, receiving touchdowns three times. And 90s All-Decade team. Chris Carter. Yes, Chris Carter. I, for some reason, thought maybe I could goat you into guessing Randy Moss. Randy Moss, yeah, yeah. Right? But apparently that wasn't the case. No, because Randy Moss led the league in receiving far more than three times. Chris and he Carter. never won a Walter Payton Man of the Year. Well, I, I mean, no offense to Chris Carter. I'm surprised he won NFL Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year award. Yeah. Um, but Chris Carter, Chris Carter is... Arguably, after... I mean, they've only had two receivers worth being on your list, yeah. so I had a 50-50 so, so shot. <laughs> Chris Carter is <laughs> my number fair. five. Not much is needed to say other than, since we already went over all the awards, but, you know, other than Randy Moss, um, who, you know, warning, is also on my list, okay? I'd hope so. Um, you know, is arguably the greatest receiver to play for the Vikings. Um, I don't know if it's arguable. But go on. Yeah. Second best, whatever. Um, number four, John Randall. Arguably, but not in my opinion, the best defensive player to ever play for the Minnesota Vikings. I would also disagree. Really? Who would you say? Mm. Is he on your list? John Randall? No, no, no. The, the, the arguably number one? No. Hmm. I'd have to think. I'd have to go. I'd have to go. I'd have to go deep. I know earlier. The problem is the problem is the Vikings have been known for so many good like D linemen and defensive ends that have been through Minnesota that there's literally a fucking slew of them, and I would uh, I would certainly need to dive in to find out my statistical number one. Listen, he led the league in sacks a year, part of the '90s All Decade team, six-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, played with a nasty mean streak. On that defensive line, you know, and like I said, in my opinion, the greatest defensive player to ever play for the Minnesota Vikings. Boy, could he talk, but could he back it up? He got the accolades to go with it. It's a it's a shame he never won a Super Bowl with the Minnesota Vikings. But John Randall is my number four. Um, number three through three through one should be interesting for you. I'm excited. Number three, and now this, if you were to switch it with number two, I'd have no problem with. And maybe it's a little <coughs> biased, but. I mean, you're talking about two of the greatest at both their positions. Number three, Randy Moss. Whoa. Whoa. There's only one dude that you could possibly have above Randy Moss, so whoever the fuck else is there is garbage. Randy Moss, okay, like I said, if you wanted to put him at two, or even if you wanted to put him at one, I'm not going to argue it. And, like, we argue that he could be the greatest receiver of all time and stuff like that. Well, sane fans could argue it and stuff like that. Dude, how? Okay, continue. Sorry. 
I mean, it's not. It's your list. Time Pro Bowl, four-time All First Team All Pro. You know, led the touchdown uh, NFL in touchdowns five years compared to Chris Carter's three. Offensive Rookie of the Year, two thousands All Decade Team. You know what I mean? He has crazy amounts of career highlights and awards. You know, twenty-three receiving touchdowns in one season, seventeen receiving touchdowns in his rookie season. You know, and like. 15,000 receiving yards, 156 receiving touchdowns in his whole career, almost 1,000 receptions in his entire career. You know what I mean? And, I mean, the way he used to get up for long balls and just beat defenders to the ball was crazy. Oh, so that so, so there's the thing. Listen, and I said that, that Jerry Rice was the number one ever, right? But you just mentioned the thing that I think Randy Moss did better than any receiver I've ever seen in my life. Go up and attack the ball? Oh, my God. His ability to win one-on-one. Unlike any receiver ever, better than Calvin Johnson, better than Terrell Owens. I mean, his ability to win one on one was insane. No one thinks about it because the dude never was had, was was one on one, right? You you never lined up only one guy against him. By the way, defensive player. Uh, now that we're talking about, because I just hit it really quick Alan on the Page. Google. Yeah, Alan Page. Uh, we were talking about him before too, and I mentioned him before, and uh, he totally slipped my mind. But Alan Page was actually the first defensive player ever to win an NFL MVP. Uh, uh, obviously, coming out of. Uh, Coming out of Minnesota, so Listen, number, he's my guy. Number two, and like I said, this whole three through one is interchangeable. Number two, maybe it's because I got to see him play a little bit longer, but same thing, different position. Adrian Peterson. Get Adrian oh Peterson. God. Okay, you're talking about seven-time Pro Bowler, seven-time All-Pro, oh MVP award. Randy Moss never won an MVP award. You know, Offensive Player of the Year award. Three times of the league in rushing touchdowns, or sorry, twice. Three-time rushing leader for the NFL, also won Rookie of the Year like uh, Randy Moss did. You know, was run over for 12,000 yards, 99 rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns. You know, um, yards per carry his whole career with 4.8, almost averaged five yards a carry, even the years he was hurt and stuff like that. One of the few players to ever rush for over 2,000 yards and stuff like that. The year he came back from his ACL tear and people thought he was yeah, done. Uh, that's... I'm waiting. Your list is a goddamn sham. But Fuck go on. You. Complete sham. sham. Complete wanna, sham. What, what Adrian Peterson ahead of Randy Moss. That is that is literally insane to me. Adrian Peterson, sure, had so? the greatest comeback season of any player ever in the history of the NFL. To come off of an injury and go over 2,000 yards in a season is fucking bananas, okay? But no way you can put him above Randy Moss. That's how so? insane. Like, I don't have a problem with you not liking it, but my problem is how can you not even consider it? Like that's Because when you look at, so, okay, so let me ask you a question. When you look at top, top five running backs all time, is Adrian Peterson on your list? Yes. Where's he at? Oof. I, I wasn't expecting this question. I don't know. I have to look at it. He's, he's got to be at four or five, right? Got it. He's got to be. Listen, I don't have my list off the top of my head either, but I just know there's got to be three people above, above fucking Adrian Peterson. There has to be. Has to be. Dude's got no Super Bowls. Dude's never led his team to anything in, in meaningful. Okay. Neither neither has fucking... Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Right. Neither has Barry Sanders. Sure. Okay. And Barry Sanders, people argue, is the greatest running back of all time. Yeah. I don't so... Know. He'd be ahead of Adrian Peterson. That's for sure. But who do you put above Randy Moss? One guy. That's it. There's no question. Nobody can put anybody other than fucking Jerry Rice above fucking right. Randy Personally, Moss. Personally, I wouldn't put anyone else above Randy Moss except maybe Jerry Rice. Okay? But I've heard people argue other receivers. T.O. T.O. Megatron when he was in his prime. Yeah, Shit maybe. like that. Marvin Harrison, I've heard. That's, shit like that's that. crazy. But. So... I, there, I mean, yeah, he was argument. blessed, okay? Yeah, Marvin Harrison. Yeah, Marvin Harrison was blessed. Jerry Rice was blessed. Terrell Owens, you argued semi-blessed, right? Who the fuck, who the hell threw Randy Moss the football? The best quarterback to ever throw Randy Moss the football was fucking Tom Brady for two seasons. Okay. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, to have anybody, to have Anybody? Uh, who the hell threw Randy Moss the ball? What do we just Culpepper? You could just throw it up, and he'll go up and get it. Yeah, I, listen, I know, I get it, but so so because he's a freakish talent, you're taking away his rank. No, let me ask you this: in in a single play, how many people might cover a receiver? Two. Two. Okay. In a single play, how many people might load the fucking box to stop a running back? With running backs having a shorter career to put up those awards and stats and numbers. Okay, who was the best wide receiver on the Minnesota Vikings? When Adrian Peterson was there. When AP was there? Yeah. 
off the top of your head, top of the dome. No. I'm actually gonna fucking Google it. No fucking idea. Because yeah, the Minnesota because there wasn't one. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and Google it. Best Viking receivers. Who was the running back when Randy Moss was there? Can you tell me? No. 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 You can't. So yeah, same fucking argument. I'm fucking. I'm excited now. I want to know who the best fucking Viking receiver was when he was there. You know who the best receiver was? Percy Harvin was probably no, the best no, fucking wide receiver. Percy Harvin uh, was who? 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 You're the one that fucking Google it, you fucking owl. I don't know who the fuck else was there. Let's see here. Ooh, Randy Moss, ooh. Chris Carter. Listen, I'm fucking moving on with this list just because we don't have time. Not because I don't want to argue this more because you're... Not that you're wrong, but the fact that you can't even have this Sydney Rice. Okay. Who's <laughs> there for one this. year. Alright. But AP is my number two. Whether you agree with it or fuck or not, it's what, the, it's what I think. It's what the viewers think. It's what Minnesota I thinks. I know. Okay. And Minnesota no, does not think that APs are number two player. Well, if we Don't. ever get to Minnesota, we'll have to fucking. Ask I'm gonna have to call. I'm gonna fucking mail. I'm gonna get. So I'm gonna get an executive on the phone. You're gonna write a letter. I'm gonna write gonna several letters with exclamation points. But tons of explanatory marks. Number one, and when I do these lists, I take into account, you know, how fans and their organizations feel about certain players, even if their you know stats or awards aren't there. At least puts them into consideration. So number one, number one, Fran Tarkenton, the quarterback. Agreed. Okay. You know, the only thing we've nine-time Pro Bowl, you know, twice All-Pro, won an MVP award, won an Offensive Player of the Year award, you know, led the league in passing a year in both yards and touchdowns, okay? And he is Mr. Viking to most of the Minnesota yeah. Viking fan base and organization. You know, he, you know, accomplished a lot back in the 70s when he was playing, and, you know, his completion percentage career, 57%, in a time when you ran the ball more. Yeah, um, His pass rating, 80%. You know, I mean, no, by no means blow away numbers, but the awards, what he accomplished, and the fact that he did it at a time, and that the fan base organization look at him as the best Viking ever, even if stat wise and award wise he isn't, it says something to me. I absolutely, one hundred percent, unequivocally agree, Fran Tarkington. So the only problem we have with the whole time. list is the fact that Randy Moss is at three, not two. Yeah, and I'm I'm so wildly appalled. I could put I, I could put don't think it's a I could put Adrian Peters I could put Chris Carter above Adrian Peterson. The fuck this just proves. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want a Facebook poll. That, like certain things, okay, you devalue the running back position. No, 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 no. AP, you could argue his entire fucking career when he was playing, okay, that he was the best running back in the league, hands down. Ooh. No, don't. Ooh. I will bring up his entire career, and I will see the other running backs who are there, and I will bet you almost every single fucking year, if not every single fucking year, he was hands down the best running back in that league. I don't. I. I do. I could probably disagree with that. With that statement, I don't think you could probably. I think you are. You're just I hesitant because you disagree. can't think of. I know. Maybe, I'm trying to think. When when was Sean Alexander in? Uh, Sean Alexander Seattle? was never way, better than way, fucking Adrian Peterson. Back. I don't give a fuck. No, Sean Alexander had one fucking year no, that that dude no, blew the roof off of life. No, I don't give but a fuck. But he wasn't fuck. even playing no. at the same time. I don't think AP, AP was at the time. So you're fine. Sean Alexander couldn't sniff AP's jockstrap. Oh, fuck God. Sean Alexander! Oh, if you're comparing okay, here's what I want. Here's what I want. Here's what, what I, I want. want. I, I want, want you to do Facebook your second poll. Rush I'm going to, but I want a Facebook poll that is literally just simply who was the better Minnesota Viking, Adrian Peterson or Randy Moss? And I want to see because you said it's for you, it's your list and for the fans. So I want to know what the fans think. I want to know what the viewers think about who is the better. By the way, for anyone keeping score at home, I am undefeated in Facebook polls, as well. Okay. Out of all like two, like... yeah, yeah, two polls undefeated. I don't give a shit. Doesn't matter if you win by inch or a mile. Anyway, who's winning? Who's, right? who the fuck can pick <clears> your second rush? My second, my second. I don't know how much more. time we have. You pissed me off. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, I haven't been keeping track, but whatever. Enough time. We've got enough time. We're fine. Uh, we probably don't actually. We're coming close. But um, real quick, Miami. Uh, so super fast, blitzing you the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so we are running out of time, big time. Damn, Marina. Um, <laughs> the end. Walter and, Moon. Wait, no, Walter Moon was the annoying. No, I was what like, the fuck what? Was I and that's Warren Moon. Warren Moon. Walter. Yeah. Who's Walter? I don't know who the fuck Warren Walter, Walter Moon is. Anyway, so, all right, so number five, super fast. Uh, Zach Thomas, middle linebacker, seven Pro number Bowls. Five? Yep, yep, wait till you hear this. Oh, this list, by I the way, if you're, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you're going to fucking hate this list. Here it comes, ready? <clears throat> number four, Jason Taylor. Love Jason Taylor. Number six time, pro, I know, right? Six time Pro Bowler. When he retired, he was the NFL all time sack leader. Uh, obviously, just got beat a year later. Um, but uh, at any rate, whatever. So at the time when he retired, he was the man. Uh, Jason Taylor, in my opinion, one of my favorite linebackers ever to ever play football. Defensive end too. Uh, Great player. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, 
in uh, uh, number three, Dan Marino. Hear me out. Hear me out. No, hear I'm not out. hearing you <laughs> hear out. Hear me out. You're shitting that I flipped Randy Moss and AP. Okay, <laughs> but you have Dan Marino. People would argue is the greatest quarterback of all time. Never won a Super sure. Bowl though. Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. most talented quarterback before your great Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and you have him as number three best of the organization. Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Suck a dick. Continue. Okay. Yep. Uh huh. Absolutely. So uh, so number three, Dan Marino. Listen. When he retired in 99, another Walter Payton, Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner. When he retired in 99, he held every, almost every statistically recorded passing record known to man. Okay? So when he retired, again, just a few years later to be beaten out. But at any rate, um, at the time of retirement, dude blew it out of the water. He was the greatest quarterback statistically of all time when he retired. My number two, another quarterback. So he's not even the best quarterback on his own You're team. wrong, then. You're just fucking Bob Greasy. Wrong. No, you, what? No. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. He won eight Pro Bowls, but he was able to do something that Dan Marino was never able to do, which was bring a Super Bowl to Miami. Not one, but two. And those two Super Bowls are the only two Super Bowls the Miami Dolphins have to their name. This guy under center brought them to. Not... Dan Marino. I don't give a fuck because as much as you can say the quarterback is the biggest component of an NFL team, especially if they win Super Bowls, okay, he is not the only fucking player on that team. You can take your Aaron, beloved Aaron Rodgers and he's done what? Won one Super Bowl mm-hmm. with his lack of talent and you could argue Miami had less talent, mm-hmm. okay, and yet you're going to slam... Oh no, not argue. They definitely have less Slam talent. Marino for that? You're fucking crazy. Oh okay. yeah, no. So, so you can maybe switch, like you said. Two you- poles are going up on our faces. <laughs> That's fine, go ahead. You're so mad right now. <laughs> so, so you could switch. You could you potentially switch my, my three and two, right? <laughs> Just like you said. Just like you said, you could switch your three and two. You can switch my three and two as well. But my number one is unequivocal, okay? My number one, Don Shula, okay? And I'm going to... Listen, there's... You, you, fuck you if you even think about it, all right? Don Shula. You know what his win percentage was? Not only is he the all-time winningest I coach in the history of the NFL, he won 66% of his games. Highest winning percentage of any coach listen, in the history the of the NFL. I the same thing in my fucking college football phone app. Okay, cool. Whatever. You're not Don Shula. So, <laughs> um, one, <laughs> one perfect season, okay? So, guy's got a perfect season to his belt. Yeah, and he to do with the players. Also, he also won two Super Bowl titles uh, with... Uh, Bob Gracie. The lesser quarterback. Um, he is one. He is, he won an NFL uh, Coach of the Year, and he's a five-time AFC champion. Don Shula, some would argue, is the third best coach in the history of the NFL. Third greatest coach in the history of the NFL, and um, and there it is. There is my Miami he's definitely list. Definitely top five coaches of all time NFL. I, I, I'd say that, and there I don't is. have a problem with him being number one. I mean, I, he I, should be number one. I, I, have no, I, I think he's definitely top two. Yeah, three and two. Sure, you can swap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dan Marino. Okay, sure. Okay, yeah, Marino. right, right. The guy that brought no Super Bowls to anyone right, ever. Dan Marino. Um, he was just good post So now that you fucked up your entire backing as knowing what the fuck to do with Rushmore's, um, I'm going to finish it with my second team. Okay, okay. Fucking AP ahead of Randy Moss, but go on. Which was a super tough one because you've been doing a lot of the big franchises as we going on. I've been trying to save them, um, but I wanted to do one because I, I thought it'd be fun. And I'm sure living in this area, I'm going to get shit because it's just so hard to jam pack five people from an organization with some of these guys. Uh, Philly? You doing the I'm doing Pittsburgh. Ooh! I'm doing, even better, I'm doing the Steel Curtain. Even better. So, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Pittsburgh, I hate... I'm not singing the fucking song. Um, anyway, I have a tie for five because it was so hard. So, I'm, And I'm just going to go through them really quick because I don't like ties to begin with. And it might po- make a point to, since these guys are tied for five, how hard this list was. Um, number five, I've tied uh, Franco Harris and Jack Lambert. Uh, Jack Lambert, you can argue the greatest of the many good Steeler linebackers to play the game, even greatest defensive player to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's saying something. Ooh, that's um, hard. Franco Harris, yeah. um, I feel compared to some of the other players on the 70s teams, get overlooked because of how many good defensive players were there, Terry Bradshaw, stuff like that. <coughs> but Franco Harris was an underrated part of that offense and was a great player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I'm not going to go into the stats and words so much this time because we're running out of time. Um, number four... I'm going to play a little game quick, and I'm going to give you the thing. Um, oh, boy, here we go. Um, number four is a coach, okay? Okay. Now, there's been three coaches for the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. since, the, since the NFL became NFL. Um, Bill Cower, Chuck Knoll, Mike Tomlin. Uh, all right, so one coach. Coach A has one coach of the year, one Super Bowl. So Mike Tomlin's out. Okay. Um, Mike, yeah, Mike Tomlin. That's not Mike Tomlin. Uh, the other one has player coach B has zero coach of the years, one Super Bowl, and uh, the other one has one coach of the year, 
four Super Bowls as a coach. Um, but this is where I found was funny. Um, Bill Cowher, who had the one coach of the year and the one Super Bowl, only had a winning percentage of 618. Okay, so okay. 62%. Okay, Chuck Knoll, all right, had the least out of the three with only a 57%. Uh, winning percentage in his wow. entire career. Mike Tomlin actually had the highest with a 65% uh, coaching. But obviously, um, the, the the percent winning percentages aren't everything because you got to win the big game. Um, so with that, Chuck Knoll is my number four because yeah, he, he has, should be the only coach on your list. He has he is he's the only coach on my list. Um, he's only at number four, but you know he has that coach of the year. He led in the four Super Bowls as a team. Wasn't an, an executive with the administration. You know. For the two other Super Bowls, so if you technically want to give him those, he's been at least had a hand in part of every single Super Bowl the organization has won. I've zeroed out. Was a two-time All-Decade. Uh, I'm actually very shocked he's not higher. Yeah, well, it's kind of hard because even though I don't like who I have at number three, um, I have to put him at number three, and it's Terry Bradshaw. Um, he st- he started late. Um, he, people thought he was going to be a bust, but then after the whole immaculate reception bullshit with Franco Harris who by the way was a that was his rookie year when I didn't he know did that, that. Um, yeah, Franco Harris that. when he caught the immaculate reception it was his rookie year um, but Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls mm-hmm. you could argue other than Franco Harris I mean you had Lynn Swan and stuff like that um, but he was the engine of that whole offense to go with that steel curtain during the 70s um, so as much as I personally don't like Terry Bradshaw he's number three for that reason number two I feel like do you want to take a guess who number two is Who's the first Steelers player that comes to your mind? Trey Palmolive. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's Mean Joe Green. Oh, okay. Mean Joe Green. You know, when you said, yeah, when you said one out of the rip, I had to imagine that you were taking somebody that was like, no one was expecting to be number two. No, I just, I just wanted to see if it was as clear cut as I thought it would be. Mean Joe Green, the iconic code commercial. Sure. You know what I mean? But sure. you could argue Mean Joe the Green. best defensive player to ever play for the game. I don't even think it's an argument. I think that is the case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but arguably the best defensive player to ever play for that team. And the number one, and I'm saving a little bit of time because I want to talk about them, is the Rooney family in general. Okay? Excellent. Excellent choice. One of the best uh, views of ownership since the NFL has been the NFL. Um, The Rooney family has run the Steelers to six Super Bowls, the most any organization has. They came up with the Rooney rule to fight back against discrimination when hiring coaches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they've been... I want to say a shining light when it comes to the way, for the most part, when you're talking about upper management and organizations and ownership, how do you run an organization? Sure. And I don't want people to think that, um, yeah, I know how many great players have gone through that organization. The fact that you've only had three coaches that have all succeeded in running that organization and stuff like that, but the one mainstay has always been the Rooney family. They, they I mean, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying one Rooney member in part because they all done their own things. Um, Art Rooney, baby. But they fought in, in the military. You know, they run for office to try to make this country better. They speak out on how they feel about political issues going on at the time. They run their organization how it's supposed to be run and succeed it in doing it. It's not one of the organizations that say all the right things and that's great, but don't accomplish anything. Okay. Right. And other than the Le'Veon Bell situation, has that's not ownership. But, you know, it's it's hard to argue with Rooney Family being your number one, and I don't think you can do it. I, I didn't expect that at all, but I'm glad it's there. You didn't expect Rooney at number one? No, I didn't expect Rooney anywhere. Did you step in top five? I didn't no? expect Tony Ellis at all, oh, no. Wow. But I'm, I'm very, you know why? Because I didn't even think about it until you went through the list and said the Rooney Family, and I was like, yep, yeah, boom. Yeah, well, I'm glad, because I know you're a component of that. I know a lot of times you lean coaches or front office. I seem to lean offensive linemen, because I'm the only one who to give offensive linemen <laughs> love. But I, I do appreciate coaches and ownership. Even when you brought up, like, uh, San Francisco, uh, DeBartolo. Yep. You know what I mean? DeBartolo. Because yeah. dude, stuff like that is a main thing. <laughs> it's funny, though. I'm having the battle because I'm trying to save Dallas for, like, when we're close to the end of these Rushmores. Um, Ooh, really quick. Actually, tomorrow, the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. Uh, Ravens-Bears? Bears-Ravens, I think? Something I think, like it's, I I think it's Chicago teams Ravens. I don't give a fuck about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chicago so Ravens. I, might, I mean, I'll watch the tomorrow Hall of Fame ceremony coming up. Uh, but other than that, I don't really give a fuck. Okay, fair. But the only reason I brought it up is because, uh, I mean, uh, it's hard-pressed to try to fit Jerry Jones into, like, the top five Cowboys list. And, like, just because of what he's done for, like, the growth of it. Yeah. And stuff like that. But, I mean, over what other some people have done, I don't think, I don't know if he'll be on that list whenever I go to Oof. do it. I'm excited. Why don't you expand those top ten? 
I don't know. We'll see what happens. Do you think? Do you think people will be mad if we just did top five for everyone and then did like a top seven yeah, for us? Yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah, I don't give a fuck though. I mean, yeah. it's, it's our show. Yeah, right. right. I don't give a shit what they think. So, any final parting comments? Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I don't really think I do. Uh, as always, you know, You're thanks like, yeah, everybody. No, no, okay. <clears throat> thanks everybody for listening. Um, I'm I'm not wildly sorry if I offended a lot of people, but uh, but but just know that no matter what you are, who you are, what you believe, that I love you, and uh, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, as long as you call the show and only talk to me because he doesn't want to hear any of your shit apparently. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to say goodnight, guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode. It will be a weekend episode, and we're signing off. Good night, guys. Tune in next time and score some points with the Couch Coaches. Oh.